It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What makes a memorable game? What makes our list of the top games of the Orlando Magic season This is part one of the top 10 games of the Magic season. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is May 4th. May the 4th be with you. My name, 2023. My name is Philip Rossreich. I'm the site expert and editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to do part one of the top 10 games of the Orlando Magic season. We're going to talk about what makes each one of these games stand out in an 82 game season. Obviously, we've kind of narrowed it down to the 34 wins, so that, that, that makes it a little bit easier. But what makes these games stand out and, and why they feel so important? We'll get to the top, the top, the, the 6 through 10 today. We'll do 1 through 5 and explain the importance of why some of those games at the top especially mean a lot and are going to mean a lot for this team moving forward. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Each season has its moments. Um, 82 games is a lot. It, it always amazes me that I have the stamina to get through 82 games, much less that the players have the stamina to get through 82 games. It's a lot. And there are always going to be ups and downs. There are going to be bad moments. There are going to be great moments. And, and like I always say, the regular season is about finding your level and, and finding a, a level of consistency uh, that you can build off of and, and succeed at. Um, and, it, and it's not easy, obviously. It's, it's not, it's not um, something that just happens. It takes a lot of work. 
to get your team to that level, to that ability, to that to that spot, uh, to be able to play consistently. Um, it is not an easy thing. It is not a given thing uh, at all. And so when we look at this Magic season, um, because this season was a success. Uh, uh, there's no other way to describe it other than that way. Um, the Magic going from 22 to 34 wins. Obviously, Paolo Bancaro winning Rookie of the Year. This team pointing itself in a brighter direction, if not for injuries at the beginning of the season. We probably would have been talking about a team that is in the play-in tournament. And and that is not something I thought we would be able, we would be able to say. I was expecting kind of a season of, of managed expectations and and... You know, some growth, but but clearly some holes that still need to be filled. And instead, we have a season and a team that we're like, okay, we can add one or two pieces to get us to get us there, to get us into contention, to get us into into the postseason. And it doesn't really feel like we're far off from where we ultimately want to be. And so, how did the team do it? You know, it, it it's. It always starts with the games. Um, you know, I always I always find it infuriating when, you know, my editors tell me, like, don't worry about games. Games aren't important. They have short shelf lives. And I'm like, no, 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 no. The games are the thing that matters. If we stop caring about the games, then what are we doing here? And so it you learn about this team. And I had a lot of fun putting this post together yesterday. The full list, by the way, is up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com if you want to be spoiled for tomorrow. Um... I had a lot of fun putting this list together and thinking back not only at, at the games and what I remember from them, but also looking back and thinking, why is this game important? Why does this game still matter and still resonate? You know, a game that happened in October or November or December, why does it still resonate and matter today here in, in May as we begin to look ahead to the offseason? And so that's that's... The prism I want to view these games, because we've obviously recapped these games. We've talked about these games in the moment. But these games still have meaning. And so we start with number 10 on the list. And that I titled, Do It By Committee, because I cheated and put two games. Versus the Brooklyn Nets on March 26th and versus the Detroit Pistons on April 2nd. This was a 119-106 win over the Nets and a 128-102 win over the Pistons. And I couldn't separate or split these games because they had the same theme and the same thing that mattered. So if I had to pick one, I'd say the Nets game goes first here. But I wanted to make sure I include this because so because what stood out about these games was not the opponent. Yes, Mikal Bridges had 44 points. Uh, the Pistons were a taking team. But the way the Magic won these games. Throughout the season, Jamal Mosley consistently said, we have to do it by committee. We have to be a team that plays by committee. The ball will find the person that it needs to find if we trust it to. And if we do that, we're going to win. So in both of these games, the Magic put eight players in double figures and had 30 assists. Their best passing games of the year. And this was a Magic team that was ranked near the bottom of the league in assists per game. It is, it is an area that this team has to improve on is their ability to pass the ball and their ability to move the ball. Um their ability to understand how deep to drive to kick out to three-point shooters. Again, I, I think I might be in the minority of this. I don't think the Magic are as bad of a three-point shooting team as their numbers suggest. I think there are other factors um, at play here that keep them from shooting as well as they can. Um, that's not to say I don't think they don't need to add more shooters, but um, I think there's internal growth that'll come. 
This was these these two games, especially late in the season while the Magic were still in the playoff chase. These two games showed us that Orlando can be an attacking team, can be a team that is dangerous. Uh, it could play at this exceptionally high offensive level. We saw that, of course, throughout the season. But this was the ideal for how the Magic play. It's not about Paolo Bancaro being able to score 30 points, which, of course, he can do. And when we get to the playoffs, he's going to need to do. But this was a game that proved that everyone can contribute. And when this team is running on all cylinders, it's truly a by-committee approach. Um, again, these are small games. They're not the biggest, most memorable games of the season. But they matter. I cheated again for number nine, so apologies there. Um, but obviously something that helps us helps us understand or, or, or remember games are game winners. And so you I could not have a top 10 list of the top games of Magic, uh, for the Magic this season without, list, without listing Jalen Suggs' game winner uh, against the Chicago Bulls and Wendell Carter's game winner against the Detroit Pistons. This was back uh, on November 18th, a 108-107 win over the Bulls. And February 23rd, the first game after the All-Star break, a 108-106 win over the Pistons. These games are memorable for those moments. Like, straight up, you know, Suggs and Carter, those plays will be on replay for a long time. You know, we, we still show the Steve Francis basket against the Bucs. You know, we, we still show the, uh, the Daryl Armstrong seal against the Sixers. Buzzer beaters are fun. Um, you know, uh, we don't show the Penny Hardaway shot against the Rockets in 95 enough, but buzzer beaters are fun. Um, you know, they're, 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 they're just little snippet moments. I got the Jalen Suggs game winner on top shot. Like it's, 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 it's that deal. Um, but honestly, what I think stands out about these moments, um, especially is that both these games kind of went the same way. Orlando had a lead. They struggled to give up. They struggled, gave up that lead late in the game. And they had to scramble and regain their composure to win. And this is a pretty consistent theme for the Orlando Magic throughout the course of the season, where they had to rally and find themselves uh, in order to win some of these games. They had to compose themselves in, in, in a way that young teams typically do not and typically do not uh, find that kind of ability to, 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 to get themselves right, especially after they struggle so much, especially after they, they essentially fail. Um, you know, again, maybe, you know, maybe Giannis taught us that we shouldn't throw around the word fail so, so, so easily, but the Magic essentially, the Magic essentially blew these games. Um, you know, they had them won, they struggled down the stretch, and then they had to find that one play to get them the win. Against the Bulls back in November, obviously the Magic's still dealing with a ton of injuries. Wendell Carter made a cameo in this game because he was not missing a game against the Chicago Bulls in Chicago um, with the plantar fascia injury that he, that he dealt with throughout the season. Um, but Nikola Vucevic misses two free throws. The Magic are down by, one, down by oh, uh, two. Jalen Suggs brings the ball up the floor, hits a dead-eye three right, in, right between the eyes right in the defense's face, uh, and the Magic escape with a one-point win. Uh, against Detroit, Orlando led for most of the game. They gave up that lead. They were tied late on the final possession uh, when Wendell Carter, when Paolo Bancaro drove, missed the layup, Wendell Carter gets the put-back dunk for the win. 
These were not clean games. I believe after the Detroit game, I wrote and talked about how the Magic were still learning how to close games. There's obviously big picture issues, but just like there are big picture issues in, just like there are big picture issues in blowing the lead, there's a big picture issue in having the ability to compose yourself again and find a way to win it nonetheless. Because at the end of the day, every win counts the same. We're going to dive into more of the best games from the Orlando Magic's 2023 season coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends at eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fill it, will fit. Or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with more than 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Let's dive back into the best games from the Magic's 2023 season. And obviously, we're looking at a lot of these games from a, from a bigger, long-term context, not simply about what they meant in the season. But there are games that are important in the moment, that, that, that you know are meaningful. And, and, and some of our top games will certainly feel that way. But this was a, the next game that I want to talk about, number, number, what, number eight on our list, was important... But we didn't know how important when it happened. Um, recall back in November, or in Dece- early December if you'd like, Orlando's sitting at 5-20. and 20. The season feels like it's it's on the brink of being lost. Orlando's on a nine-game losing streak. Injuries have just completely decimated the team. And while they are happy and they've had Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz back for a week, things haven't quite come together. And then all of a sudden, you're starting, uh, you, you started a homestand with a, a four-game homestand with a loss to the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, you played well in that game, as, as Kobe Price would say. Kobe Price consistently tries to tell me uh, this is when things started. You play well in that game against the Bucks, but you don't measure up to a team like Milwaukee. Then all of a sudden, you find yourself down by 16 in the first half to the LA Clippers. And it, it really does feel like the season's about to get away from you. And then all of a sudden, you get that spark. Every NBA team, look, it's the NBA. Every team is going to build a 15-point lead and win by 20. Every team is going to lose a game by 20. Every team is going to lose a 15-point lead. Every team is going to come back from a 15-point lead. That's the NBA. But 
for a team that is on a nine-game losing streak against a team with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, down by 16, that game is lost. Like, that game is gone. For, for a team on a nine-game losing streak, for a team that's 5-20, and 20, all the conditions have to be right to win the game. But that's not what happened. That's, that's, that's not what happened. Instead, the Magic started to live up to their coach's words. Uh, and, 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 you know, again, you look for the symbols. You know, I, I believe in coachisms. Uh, I, you know, you, you, you set the language that I will talk about, um, Jamal Mosley. And Jamal Mosley consistently talked about how resilient the team was. And, 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 and in a nine-game losing streak, to see them still go out and fight and keep trying even though they weren't able to get wins, we all wondered when they would let go of the rope. When all that talk would would just go over their heads and they'd be like, whatever, it's it's, it's not working. But at each turn and, and at every moment that the Magic felt like they would slip or could slip out and, and, and you know, this whole experiment and Mosley could lose the team, every time we thought on the outside that that was happening, internally, that was not happening. This team, like, this team believed in what they were doing the whole way. And they stuck with it. And we were told about their resiliency over and over and over again. And it wasn't until December 7th that I think we really saw it. On December 7th, the Orlando Magic snapped the nine-game losing streak, defeating the LA Clippers 116-111 to in overtime. This win, a comeback overtime win, sparked a six-game win streak that really cemented who this team was and what they could accomplish. Even that loss, even the game that, that ended the six-game win streak, they're down by 12 with like three, four minutes to play. They rallied back, had a chance to win, if not for Paolo Bancaro fouling DeJounte Murray on a jumper. Um, it could have been a seven-game win streak, and then, we, who, know, and then who knows, because the Magic won like the next two or three games. This was a team that believed. And everyone on the outside maybe did not, but everyone on the inside did. And, and, and getting that reward is huge. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, it, it, getting the reward is a big deal. Um, you need results to confirm your belief. It, it's it, this is a zero sum game. You gotta have you gotta have it. And the Magic got that confirmation of belief. The Magic earned that confirmation of belief, and they were able to build off of it from there. And what was, uh, you know, again a game that maybe didn't have that individual moment, but really, really, really uh, was big. So that win streak continued on, a six-game win streak, starting with that game against the Clippers. And probably the highlight of, there are two highlights of that six-game win streak. The first we'll get to, the, one of them we will get to on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, because we'll talk a lot about that win streak. But the other came, uh, you know, midway through that streak. December 14th against the Atlanta Hawks, a 135-124 win, which featured a 50-point first quarter for the Orlando Magic. And certainly the Magic knew very, very early on that they knew that they were at getting that 50 points and they made sure they got it. Um, I, I remember talking to Markel Fultz after the game and he, he said he thought it was halftime at the end of the first quarter they were scoring so many points. Every team in the NBA is going to have a day um, and there were a lot more 50-point quarters this year than there have been uh, in a long time in NBA history, if ever in NBA history. The fact that this Magic team, one of the worst offensive teams in the league for most of the season was one of the teams that got a 50-point quarter. Just should tell you the immense talent in the league. 
Um, Bull Bull had a big game with 21 points, including probably the highlight of the year uh, with that driving dunk that he had in transition that sent the bench into hysterics. Uh, and while, yes, Atlanta did get the lead down to four with a 40, I think it was a 42-point second quarter, um, Orlando still won this game fairly easily and allowed us to celebrate what was a historic first quarter, a quarter where just everything clicked and you could just feel and see the confidence in this team. Again, I'm I'm not as down on this team's offense as a lot of people. I know the stats suck, and, and I, I, I agree the Magic need more shooting to, to help spread the floor, but they have a lot of the pieces they need to be a very good offense. They get to the line a lot, and a lot of that's Paolo Bancaro, obviously. Um, they have great drivers in Paolo and Franz. They have a good screener in Wendell Carter. They have a great playmaker in Markel Fultz. It's just about making shots and, and making defenses respect the three-point shot. And this game was a game where Atlanta did not respect Orlando's offensive ability and got burned for it. Um, Atlanta, not the greatest defensive team, but Orlando burned Atlanta over and over and over again uh, for disrespecting their offense. And, and the Magic played perhaps their best offensive game, uh, certainly the best offensive quarter of the season, their best offensive game of the season. Final game we're going to talk about on today's episode. We'll finish the list tomorrow. Is number six, the comeback in Philly, January 30th at the Philadelphia 76ers, a 119-109 win. With, you know, with Joel Embiid and James Harden out there for the Philadelphia 76ers, the Sixers built a 20-point lead at home in Philadelphia. And look, you talk about the resiliency of this team, this is a game that maybe you could see. You know, knowing that, yes, you have another game against Philly a couple nights later, but in the regular season, you you do often concede some of these games sometimes, especially on the road. But this Magic team fights, and, and that was a characteristic about this team throughout the entire season. They fight. And so down by 20 in the second quarter, Orlando started to whittle away at that lead. And then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, it became just a wave, an avalanche. Whatever natural disaster or natural occurrence you want to call it, Orlando was just so overflowing with confidence and rhythm that they just blew out Philadelphia. But the key to this game, the key to this game was not the offense. Orlando outscored Philadelphia 67-47 in the second half. They they, they scored 42 points in the third quarter to get themselves back in the game. It was, again, proof that Orlando can do it on both ends and was part of this, this this kind of growing fight that Orlando had where they, you were not going to defeat them easily. They were never going to go quietly into that good night. And by the end, Orlando was just running circles around Philadelphia, scoring at will, and the Sixers fans were rightly upset. They did get him back a few days later. We're not going to sit here and pretend that it didn't happen. Or Philadelphia did win that Series 3-1. But this was proof that A, Orlando could hang with anybody, and B, that Orlando was a team capable of coming back against anybody. It was one of, you know... Again, there wasn't necessarily a singular moment, but it was one of the hallmark wins of the season because anytime you beat one of the best teams in the league and, and Philadelphia, I, honestly, like Philadelphia, Boston, Denver are probably the three favorites for the title right now. Um, and I, I know Philadelphia struggled to talk a little bit about that game coming up here in a bit. Uh, but this was a strong and dominant game for Orlando, uh, for Orlando and, and a performance that they are certainly very, very proud of. We'll finish off the list, do a, go through the top five games of the season on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, so be sure to stay tuned for that. Coming up, we'll chat about that Philadelphia game against the Boston Celtics in game two of their series, plus our daily lottery spin. We'll get to that coming up here 
in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends at BetterHelp. This episode is sponsored to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash LockedOnNBA and get on your way to being your best self. We all have moments in our lives where we need a little extra help, need a little extra boost. We need that outside perspective, but uh, an empathetic and caring person that is in our corner. And, and that's really all therapy is. Therapy is a space for you to get your emo- to get your emotions out, to speak your mind and have a helpful and backing listening ear in your corner. Um, you know, we all have people that we turn to, but you know, sometimes you need that third third party objective person, someone who who doesn't li- know you and and live with you every day, uh, to to give you that perspective that you need to find clarity and find the answers yourself. Because ultimately, that's what it's about. It's not about giving you an answer. It's about helping you understand and find answers and, and give you tools to, to, to live a better life and, and, and to be a happier person. Therapy gives you tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. It's really important to have days for yourself. I took a day for myself yesterday. That's why this this episode is coming out late because I, I took a day for myself, got very, very tired and took a nap. Um, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. As we've been doing with this final segment throughout the playoffs, let's talk a little bit about the playoffs. We'll get back to our, our countdown of the top 10 games of the Magic season on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Magic, so you have that to look forward to. Um, but let's chat then about um, the game last night. Um, obviously, blowout win for the Boston Celtics. You expected Boston to play a little bit angrier and to play a little bit more focused um, after their loss in Game 1, a game that they definitely feel like they should not have lost. Brought up a lot of issues that, that that seems to have been plaguing Boston throughout the course of the year, but we know how good Boston it can be. They got up good three point shots. There's you know they, I think they took 53 pointers. Um, you know there's a question asked to Joe Mazzula about about just getting the volume of three pointers. He said it wasn't the volume; it was the quality of the three point shots. And um, you know they made a lot of them, and that obviously put them in a, a really good position uh, to to win the game and, and to put that game away. Um, so you know it it it's you have these games in the playoffs. Sometimes you get blown out. Sometimes you're just scratching and clawing so hard to stay in the game that when that avalanche comes, it just it just doubles in size. Um, and, and look, I think Philadelphia was trying to work Joel Embiid back in, and, and that disrupted their flow and their rhythm a little bit. Um, just trying to force Embiid back in the game instead of easing him back in or making him a part of what worked so well in Game 1. Now, obviously, 
Philadelphia is going to need Embiid. So if they have to sacrifice a game to get Embiid back into the rhythm, they did the job. They got a game in Boston. They've got a home court advantage now. They can head back to Philadelphia for game three. Uh, and all they have to do is take care of business at home, and they're going to win this series. And again, this is going to be a this is going to be a fight. This, this is going to be this was always going to be a six or seven game series. So, uh, you know, I, I, not that you not that you can sacrifice a game here or there, but if it's going to ultimately help them be better later in the series, get Embiid healthy, get Embiid back into rhythm after missing some time, that's going to make this team better. And honestly, like I think you know the layoff doesn't necessarily kill you in game in the first game back. The long layoff for Philadelphia may have got, gotten to them a little bit here. Now that now that they can get themselves back in rhythm a little bit, we'll see what they do at home. Um, there isn't a lot to say. Boston just played better. They made shots. That was always my favorite uh, Steve Clifford thing. And the playoffs, there aren't always that many adjustments to make. You just have to make shots. Boston made shots. And, and, and sometimes the game uh, can really be be that easy and that simple. We'll, get, we'll, we'll look. I mean, we're excited, I think, for game two of Golden State LA tonight. I think that'll be... That's going to be the, a great series, and so we're excited to see what happens there. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that on tomorrow's episode of Locked to Magic. Let's do our daily lottery spin. Um, our community mock draft is continuing on on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You follow me on Twitter, at OmagicDaily, to participate in our community mock draft. Uh, pick 7 should have just expired as I'm publishing this, so you'll have pick 8 up up there. Um, it, literally, I'm just giving you four options. Pick who you think the Magic should take if they land the 8th pick. But let's go through our daily lottery spin today. You have Houston winning the lottery, Portland second, Orlando third, Charlotte fourth, uh, Orlando sitting at 11th. You know, the odds are obviously not that the Magic are going to get a top four pick. Um, I think it's, what, 33%, maybe like a one in three chance. We are getting a lot of, uh, you know, we're doing these daily lottery spins. We're getting a lot of the Magic getting into the top four. Um, so, you know, it, you know, sitting in sixth, there is still a very good chance that the Magic do end up with a top pick in this draft. Um, and, and, you know, adding one more really high-quality player is going to be good. And look, if the Magic get three, Portland very well. I, I I would love for a Portland two, Orlando three, because I think that would give Orlando Scoot Henderson. And and look, I, I think the Magic do need some help at guard. Scoot Henderson is a guy who can create his own shot, shoot off the dribble. Really, really high-level level talent and athlete. I really like him on this Magic team. There, there's definitely a lot. There's definitely a time early in the season, especially where I was just like, Scoot Henderson is exactly what this Magic roster needs. Um, I don't think he's exactly what they need anymore, but he would very, very much help. Um, you know, one of the debates that I'm seeing as we as we continue to do our community mock draft is is this notion uh, is two things. First, a lot of people believe that the Magic can get a shooter with that second Bulls pick, and so they don't don't take Grady Dick or they 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 look to fill another need. With that, with that first pick, and and I'm, I'm very skeptical of that idea. Um, you know, I think if Grady Dick's the best guy on the board, you take him, and if you take another shooter with eleven or twelve, you take another shooter with eleven or twelve. No big deal. Um, you know, this team needs shooting. Don't don't overthink it. Um, you know, I think, you know, the trap that I fell into last year in the draft, and I think the trap a lot of draft people fall into sometimes, as we talk about the draft ad nauseum. Don't overthink it. Don't get so hung up on what a guy can't do that you forget about what they can do. Sometimes a simple answer is the best answer. Don't try and outsmart and outthink yourself. Do just be be smart. Be, you know, just just do the simple thing sometimes. The Magic need shooting. Grady Dick's the best shooter in the draft. I don't think there's there's anything wrong with taking him. Now, I also subscribe to the belief that you should always take talent in the draft and 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 you shouldn't necessarily look to fill individual needs. Maybe a need as a tiebreaker if two guys are really, really close. But, you know, if the Magic end up third, 
and Brandon Miller's available, Brandon Miller doesn't fit this roster. He'd be coming off the bench behind Franz and Paolo or potentially pushing Franz to the two, which I don't like. Um, you know, the same thing with Victor Wembenyama. You, you draft Victor Wembenyama one, you figure out how to make Wendell Carter, Paolo Bencaro, Franz Wagner, Victor Wembenyama work until you make a trade to make it, until you make a trade that, that kind of fits everyone back in the right spot. Um, talent should still win. Um, and Nassar Thompson, I have a lot of questions about them. They are still very, very talented. Cam Whitmore is still very, very talented. And and the, and you don't just turn down star potential because you're like, ah, we don't need that skill. Now, if there isn't a path for that player to play, if, if the Magic are so entrenched with Franz Wagner and Paolo Bancaro at the forward spot, which they should be, and Brandon Miller's available three, the Magic should 100% be shopping that pick to move down to four or five to maybe get Ben and Orsar. Um, go see who needs Brandon Miller in that top draft draft group and get a little something extra. I'm not against that. Uh, but I don't think you turn down talent. If the Magic end up with Brandon Miller, great. That's more talent. The Magic have a forward need anyway. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. And so there's a lot of draft, you know, it's been really interesting watching people kind of explain their picks. So please, when you make your vote on this community mock draft, explain your pick. Explain to me why you're you're picking that player because I want to know. I, I'm, I'm learning a lot uh, about my own draft thinking, about your draft thinking. Um, it's all really, really good stuff. And, and again, there's a little bit of gamesmanship. There's a little bit of game theory going on here as well. I'm not doing trades in this particular mock draft. Um, I'm gearing up and beginning to plan for the Locked On mock draft because I do plan on being, I, I, I'm going to try and be active. I am very much like Jeff Waltman. I'm not the super, most super active, you know, aggressive person, but I'm going to try very, very hard this time around um, to fill some needs for the Magic. Because again, like I said, my goal on draft night is I need to come away with a shooter. One way or another, I need a shooter. Uh, and so I'm going to I'm gonna work very, uh, that, that, that's my personal goal um, in this mock draft is to, is to come away with shooting. And, and if I can get a veteran, great. If I can, if I have to settle for both my picks, I'll settle for both my picks. Um, that's that's kind of what's going on. That's the machinations going on. I know I'm repeating a lot of stuff, but I, I do think it's interesting. We'll continue to do lottery spins until lottery day. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic Course. Find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Hit your tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com because you can, of course, follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. We want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. We appreciate all of you, especially who listen to the podcast every single day. Apologies for getting this out a little bit later than normal today. Um, like I said, I took per- I took a personal day yesterday. Uh, came home from it and uh, just completely crashed and was like, okay, I'm gonna I'll, I'll wait I'll wait for the morning. Nothing pressing going on today. But uh, I appreciate you all listening every day and I appreciate everyone who jumps on uh, when they can. Tomorrow's episode, we will conclude our list: the top five games of the Orlando Magic's 2023 season. We'll chat about those and why they're so important on tomorrow's episode of Lockdown Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Lockdown Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Lockdown Magic. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, 
everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 